Hi everyone, and welcome to episode 30 of Did You Watch The Race? This week we'll be reviewing the Brazilian Grand Prix, which hit harder than Charles Leclerc and The Wall on Formation Lap. I'm Colm, and I've been watching F1 for four years. I'm producer and social media manager Gem, and I've been watching F1 for four years. Well, Colm, did you watch the race? Yes, I did. Of course I did. We had a viewing party at your house, which was great fun. Yes. It's the first, one of, well, not the first, but one of the few times we've actually watched it together. I think it's one of the first ones we've done that we haven't been doing an event for, so that was good. Yes, yeah, that was really nice. What did you think overall? Uh, to be perfectly honest, I think it was kind of a boring race. Um, what? There was, yeah, did you not think so? Uh, no. Hmm. So, like, from my point of view, there was a lot of action. There was, um, but, like, it was, like, sandwiched with action, where there was a big chunk of boring in the middle. So, there was the crash at the start, and there was a few scrapping for laps, and then at the end, there was the fight for third, and that was really it, I think, from my point of view. I thought there were loads of scraps and loads of, like, chopping and changing and different pit strategies, and then obviously you had the retirements dotted throughout... Oh, there was a ton of retirements. I don't know if I would call that as exciting. But Sherlock, this is this is why we're here to discuss and find out. So let's just get stuck right in. Fantastic. Today also it's just myself and Colm. So Jason will be back next week. So you'll just have to deal with our voices today. Let's start with Ferrari because they were a driver down literally before the first lap even started which is just like gorgeously painfully comically oh yeah so bad of course it was Um, charles (laughs) yeah i know i've like said a lot of times before that i think it's more that carlos is more consistent but this time was a hundred percent just shitty luck Um, yeah he's been very unfortunate Uh, and you can see it even when we were watching it like he he completely lost control of the car i don't know what happened i think he said the hydraulics went Mm mm-hmm um, I have no idea what that means. <laughs> I think it's the so the hydraulics and or power steering. I don't know. This is where we need Jason really to confirm. Yeah. But I heard him mention both. I don't know if they're the same thing. Uh, before yeah, before people just I know what hydraulics are. I'm an engineer, but for the <laughs> F1 car, I don't know like what made them feel is kind of what I'm trying to get at. But yeah, that was very unfortunate for Charles. On the other hand, though, I think Science did a pretty good job, and um, mm-hmm. I think he came fourth. Do you have the rankings there or the? I do indeed. So, uh, no, sure, science didn't come forth because Perez oh, sorry, came forth. Perez came forth. He came. Fifth. He came sixth. Oh God damn! It. He came off. after Lance Stroll. Would you believe? What? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I didn't realize that. Oh my God! Yeah, I did not realize that at all. Mental. Um, I thought Lance had a pretty perious. Um, but that's obviously no. Sure, he had a shit start. Anyway, sorry, we're getting off track, but he had a shit yeah. start, but then he had a, a, a good recovery. Signs had a very uneventful race, I would say. Yeah, I don't think he had many overtakes, but I think he was still ran a decent race. Again, I'm I think Carlos is becoming my favourite driver, purely mm. because I think I like the struggle that he's had at Ferrari to get such a good year that he's had. Um I think they've all been like before maybe five or six years ago, it was all it was all Leclerc, Leclerc, Leclerc. In my head, every decision was being made to favour Leclerc. And now I think they've kind of evened it out a bit. And he's, like, he fought to get that position. I think I think he's a really good driver. And I think he wasn't getting a good opportunity at Ferrari 
that he deserved. But I'm happy to see it now. So I think Sainz has fought for his place both on and off track. So obviously his drive has been really amazing and consistent. But also I think his attitude has been quite good as in he's followed team orders but I think he has pushed the bar a little bit in terms of challenging team orders and you know enough for himself yeah yeah I think he's played that balance Mm -hmm. really really well so I think it's well deserved what he's gotten himself at this minute he has no notes for me apart from the unsafe release when he came he was pitting he almost turned into Yuki. Oh, yeah. That was the only note I had from Charles. Obviously, that's a Ferrari fault, which is, like, shocking. <laughs> Typical. But they've been doing better in recent they races. They have, so they have. They're, they're... Hopefully, hopefully next year they will have a decent year. I, like, I think everyone says it every year. This year. This year's Ferrari's year. But hopefully next year they actually get a good steady pace. The dream going. is always alive. So I guess next we can talk about the winners, I guess. So obviously Max and then Perez in fourth. So Max obviously had another challengeless race. There was a quick section at the start where right after the restart, Lando had challenged mm-hmm. him for maybe like a lap or two. But I think he was just wasn't expecting it. And whenever he saw Lando was there, he just disappeared into the distance. Mm-hmm. Like after... The Stroking into the difference. Attempted overtake. Says. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, after the initial attempt at the overtake, um, I think within the next two laps, he was two seconds ahead mm-hmm. and Lando just kept falling off. So I don't know if it was a case where Lando was actually pushing and going to give him a challenge or Max was just taking it easy, doing tire management. I think know, he so. did exactly what we have um, discussed a few times on this podcast is turning it up to the appropriate level but never turning it up to 100% only kind of cranking it up when it needs to and I think that's so true that like once he saw like there was one or two moments in the race when Norris challenged him and then he kind of cranked it up a little bit extra like and I think that's actually a perfect example of what Max does now he can just cruise at a certain level and then it can just push a little bit and then to be comfortable I feel like it was like he was swatting a fly away and then he was like, oh, fuck that, and went inside. <laughs> like, yeah. Didn't have to bother him for the rest of the race. Not a problem like um, for him at all. Yeah. And then Perez obviously had a, a particularly exciting race um, challenged by Alonso for uh, a good long time. Yeah. I think a lot of people, obviously, there's been discussion about him being shit uh, and not being able to handle the car and stuff. I know people are going to say that he should have been doing better. He should have been up there in second place or at least mm-hmm. helping Max out. Obviously, Max doesn't need the help, but it'd be good from a team perspective to have someone that's capable of it. Mm-hmm. I think this race was probably his best race in a while. And I think he's doing... Like, that was a, a decent race. Alonso was very difficult to get past. And Checo doesn't always seem comfortable in that car. And, you know, that's not a good thing to say when I'm trying to <laughs> boast through him. But uh, I think he had a really good race. The overtakes that he did do, that they were grand. Nothing too amazing, but mm-hmm. decent enough. Yeah, I agree. He he put up a good fight himself and Alonso had a really good scrap. Obviously, we might get into it a bit more when we get to Aston Martin, but the, the scrap at the end was like we were screaming at the TV. That was bloody exciting stuff like that was yeah that was really really good i really enjoyed that um so that was quite a redeemer for the race 
So that was one part that I really, really enjoyed. And especially with the atmosphere that we had with the group of people that we had there, it was really fun to watch together. Yes, that was a great one to watch, I think, in company. Yeah. The only thing I'd say about Perez now as well is that, like, obviously this is too little too late for him, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. I don't think this is going to save a seat. And I think everyone knows that. So I just wanted he to mention it. He probably knows it at this point. Maybe that's why it's too soon to tell. Like, we have two more races to really make that judgment. But maybe it is, yeah. that, like, fuck it. Like, of nothing to lose attitude that maybe is changing his mindset. Well, potentially. Who, kno- who knows? Yeah. I just want to say, because I'm obviously trying to defend him here to a certain degree but I mm-hmm. still know I'm still trying to be realistic like I don't think that's uh, anything that the Red Bull team are asking of him that he's living up to that standard at the minute still as in you don't think they're expecting any more from him yeah I think like yeah like his grave's been dug so to speak pretty much yeah mm. it's like I don't think there's anything he could do now unless he won the next two races and even then they'd be like yeah. what are you doing <laughs> Yeah, he probably everyone probably knows. It's not like Checo is naive to this. Yeah. yeah. It'll be interesting though to see during the off season like where that goes and where he lands and if he lands somewhere else. Yeah. Moving on to Alpha Tari, who had a bit of an up and down start of the race with Danny Rick getting a bit of a bonk on his rear wing. Um and then like retired but then during the red flag made a miraculous recovery which was great but obviously um fucked his race royally so he was down the bottom for the entirety of the race like he moved up one or two positions and finished in finished in 13th which wasn't bad except for the fact that there was only 15 no, sorry, he finished 13th out of 14 cars, which isn't great. Yeah, but I think him and Oscar, when we get to them, we talked to McLaren, but I think they got royally screwed um, purely because they both got, obviously got damaged from the initial crash. They pitted and then they lost the lap. And whenever the restart was happening, they were in the pits, had to start from the pits. And I think they actually had to wait until they were lapped to get out. Oh, and that's why they? they were... Yeah, and that... So, like, mm. when they finally got out they were behind the cars and since they were lapped any time a car caught up to them they would get blue flags to slow down and let cars through and that really messed with their race it really like they couldn't really catch up when they had to let people through all the time yes yeah i was wondering because straight away it did say plus one lap which seemed a bit mental um but yeah that actually that makes sense so it is unfortunate like you kind of sometimes in these situations wonder why they bother but i suppose it's always good for like analytics and stuff like that um, data yeah it's just really unfortunate for them Mm. and then Yuki also actually had a very quiet race there was one point he had a bit of a hairy moment for a second obviously as we discussed with signs almost turning into him when he had an unsafe release from the pits Um, but luckily nothing came of that and there wasn't I was surprised there wasn't any investigation into that at all yeah, he came ninth though, which is great. So it's another two points for Go Yuki. Where is Yuki in the standings at the moment? He is P fourteen, so he's thirteen points. So he's actually Albon is ahead of him, and Valtteri is below him. Okay. And then in terms of the actual teams, hold on. 
Then in terms of the actual teams, Avatari is currently eight. So we have Intent is Haas with 12 points. Then it's Alfa Romeo with 16. And then it's Alphatari with 21. So Williams is ahead of them in the constructor standings at 28 points. There's only seven point difference, but there's a five point difference between Alphatari and Alfa Romeo. So it's actually pretty tight dare i say heating up in the yeah. bottom five I, I i'd say it sounds like it is but i also at the same time i think when you're fighting for either p14 to p8 maybe mm. um the amount of points you're going to get a hold on is actually quite low for majority of the time so i would think between each race the maximum those teams are probably going to get like one or two points maybe so it'll be really hard to actually you know close that gap it's like it'll still be very hard to close like a five point gap for those teams mm -hmm. do you know what i mean so yeah. I, I feel like five points is actually quite a lot yeah that could be teams. that could be like 20 or 30 points i'd love for the top teams for the next two races to shake that up a bit but yeah you're right it's probably not the like photo finish <laughs> that yeah it could be that we had the, the weekend yeah yeah exactly. um what else like i wanted to talk about yuki as well i wonder what is your opinion of his season oh shite if we had to sum it up in one word and yeah, I, I don't know if I'd, sorry i don't know if it's a shite but it's not been fantastic and i feel like unfortunately for him uh all the things you can say about alpha tyree good and bad or don't include him like he's mm. just kind of been like kind of quiet like if you want to talk about the good things, Lawson surprised us. He was quite good. There's talks about him being an F1 the next year, trying to get mm -hmm. him a seat. And then Danny Rick coming back, obviously a lot of excitement. He had a race where he got in fourth uh, last weekend, mm -hmm. the weekend before, sorry. And so, like, that's obviously very exciting to see for the team. And then Yuki just was kind of there, ticking along. Unfortunately, yeah. he had some pretty bad races, and then he's had some pretty mediocre races. And he obviously was getting away with merger a little bit the first half of the season when he had Nick screwing up every other race. So he kind of had yeah. that safety blanket. And I think we discussed at the very start of the season about the fact that this is his time to shine as a number one driver. And I really don't think, unfortunately, he has done enough <coughs> to allow that title, especially when you have someone like Daniel Ricciardo. Obviously, that couldn't have been predicted at the start of the year. But when you have... Yeah. Ricardo as your as your number two driver and your number one and you're not delivering at all. Like Yeah. I think I think you're right. He hasn't done enough to crush out any doubt in yes. in minds that he's he deserves to be there. Totally. Um I still think he does deserve to be there, just to clear up what I'm saying here, but I think he hasn't done enough to say I'm hundred percent the right person for this job. Yeah, I totally agree. I really mm. like Yuki as a driver and I do think he's a great driver. I just don't know if collectively his record over the last how many seasons is it three that he's put a stamp on it like yeah you know when you're like it's, it's just it. falling short of something <laughs> yeah yeah I on to Haas and we're also going to lump in Alfa Romeo in this discussion because neither did anything particularly of note apart from retire so yeah <laughs> Sorry, lads. <laughs> um, yeah, obviously you had Magnussen with, that was involved in the crash at the start. And which Hulk. Was, yeah, so like obviously Hulk wasn't the one that crashed, but he yeah, he was the one that 
almost instigated it, not of any fault of his own. He mm-hmm. actually tried to pull out of it and unfortunately clipped. Um, yeah, Albon. so do you want to walk through what happened there in case anybody didn't see it? From a memory, which isn't great, um, basically Albon and Magnussen were on either side of him, I think, and he yes. went to pull out and he slowed down because that corner, that first corner on the Brazil track. Uh, the San Paolo track is it just comes at you really quickly like I was mm-hmm. playing it on the PlayStation during the week before the race and every time I missed it like I'm not great at the game anyway but it, it just it comes out of nowhere and surprises you and it's right after the line so I think obviously in takeoff uh, or like when you're trying to start the race when you're getting your initial uh, not what takeoff what's it called when you start yeah yeah, yeah. when you take Sorry. off I feel yeah grand anyway. accelerate edit this bit yeah um so yeah when you're trying to start the race obviously you're all cylinders go you're trying to get as fast as you can as quick as you can and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden you need to break straight away and so i don't know if the lads uh, were able to manage that as well when they're trying to squabble for places yeah um and hulkenberg obviously he did pull, try to pull out of it but he was just a tiny bit too late and he got squeezed and i think he clipped was it albon mm-hmm. and then albon straight into Magnuson. Yeah. Which is really unfortunate. And they took each other out. Very unfortunate. Yeah. Like dramatic, but then obviously brought a subsequent red flag which hampered the race a little bit. After like like one turn. Um and Literally. then by the time we got restarted it was lap three. Madness. Yeah, like I was writing my notes and half of my page was like before even the second turn had happened at half a page of notes. It was just mental how much happened in such a short and like unnecessary short space of time. Yeah, I think that I don't I can't remember how many retirements there were. There was a lot, like six or seven. There was five. Five. Yeah. No, there's definitely there's at least no, there was, six. Sorry, there was six. Yeah. Um, it was six. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it was unfortunate enough because three of those happened before the first corner. Yeah. Yeah. The that's right. And these two lads, so Albon and... <laughs> the lads. So yeah, Albon and Magazine, yeah. Yeah. Madness. Um, Hulk managed to get it back, didn't he? Did he retire in the end? No, Hulkenberg actually managed to, to pull it out of the bag a little bit. So he finished in P12, which obviously is out of the points. And a P12 in a 14-car race, but, you know, I don't well, know if we were expecting enough. mad things from any, in, in the first place. Yeah, I also imagine he got a tiny bit of damage maybe that wasn't fully uh, seen on the cameras. Yes, potentially. Um, And obviously that's the crash that led to Piastri got rear-ended at one point Mm. and then also Danny got hit with the spare (laughs) tyre floating about. His rear (laughs) ring got hit and that's... (laughs) Yeah, that's what led to their dodgy race, unfortunately. Yeah. And then Alfa Romeo, like just... very little to say on them any weekend, which is really unfortunate. So, like, I feel really bad that we're lumping them in in this little section. But, like... Literally nothing of note. Joe retired first on lap 22 and then Bottas retired. And I didn't even bother to note the lap he retired in because I was like, does it matter? No. Yeah. I think we kind of talk about uh, Fred Fazer being the Ferrari. Like, he's steadying the ship in Ferrari and this kind of... And we kind of forget that, oh, yeah, Alfa Romeo, he was the Alfa Romeo. Mm-hmm. So they also have a new... Uh, team principal so they're yeah. probably just trying to get their shit together as well and it is unfortunate yeah there's obviously going to be teething problems with the new principal but and i mean obviously the car is not up to scratch but it is we're like, talking about the best car on the grid the alfa romeo I when really it doesn't do retire yeah. See, yeah i want to see it do well it's just 
refusing to. Like it's they're they're currently P nine in the in the standings, which is in fairness, like not P ten, but still. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Silver lining, you know. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so then jumping back up the field, we go to McLaren, who obviously had a, both a great weekend and a shitty weekend. Mm-hmm. Again, we already talked about Piastri getting damaged, having a terrible race, and we talked to why he had such difficulty getting back. So really unfortunate him because I really like Piastri, and obviously he's a great driver. Mm. He's doing so well. I just realised it was the two Aussie drivers that got screwed over in that uh, collision. Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't realise that. They were down under. Um, but yeah he obviously wasn't able to recover unfortunately and um, hopefully next weekend he'll have a better uh, race yeah it was very unfortunate that he couldn't like push at all and get out of those bottom that bottom line with um ricardo but yeah it's a learning experience i guess for him as a rookie lando on the other hand had, had a great race Super um, race. he won driver of the day as well which is good and fastest lap and fast as lap, yeah. So he had actually a really decent race. I know we talked about as well how he challenged Max and then Max was like, nah, and just disappeared. <laughs> but I still think the fact that, like, considering where they were six, seven races ago, or like before the summer break, they're obviously really struggling now. The car obviously has legs now, um, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. Uh, Lando's doing a really good job to show that. Um, oh, amazing. Think, like, and, yeah. and even from his, from his race start, it was phenomenal like it was oh he did a brilliant start yeah. um that was a fantastic uh piece of clean air that he found able to get into second straight away and then he had a little bit of scrap with hamilton like uh off the bat he, didn't he? did yes he did. sorry not a scrap it was more kind of like they were both very close to getting into p2 and he managed to come out on top but then after that he had pretty much quite a race there was mm. no real threat of him after now he did try to challenge max at a point but obviously as we said i think it was about halfway through the race um obviously we said that max just sped away and that was it but it was really exciting to see some kind of challenge on max and i think like pushing the limits he did almost get him um but that was really exciting to see because we don't get that much this season i think if it wasn't for the mercedes being so awful at this track that it could have been exciting between him and yes. Lewis. Yeah. But obviously then that didn't happen. And then when Alonso got there, it was a bit too late at that stage. So mm-hmm. that was unfortunate. That could have been a lot more exciting. Yeah, 100%. But uh, fair play to Lando. Unfortunate for Piastri. Well, well. Will we move on to Mercedes then, speaking of their shocking performance? Yeah, that's a great idea. Um, so yeah, again, this track, so like, from my memory, there's a lot of sharp corners in this track. Um, yeah. Um, there's two obviously long straights, but I think the corners have, have it in this one. I'm pretty sure you need a lot of, like a good bit of downforce to be able mm-hmm. to balance it between the speed on the straights and the the amount of corners on the track. And I think it, if you wanted to have a good car, you wanted to be leaning more towards the downforce. Um, and I remember seeing the Mercedes car, like it was so much higher than the rest of the cars in the track at the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember we all looked at it, it was like, it was a it fair really bit higher. It was. We, yeah. we need to ask Jason about that next week. Um, I think. I, w- I really wonder. I think it's because they had gotten the plank disqualification um, oh. in the previous years. I think they were just overcautious over about it. Yeah, I think. I. So obviously being overcautious, they raised it a good bit. 
but it was nowhere near scraping it at all this at this weekend and they yeah. just didn't have the the downforce to be able to take the corners at speed and I think that's what really screwed them up and then obviously oh, yeah. you had Russell retiring then as well which was so frustrating um, yeah. I really felt for them like yeah you could see obviously they were struggling and particularly I think Russell was struggling through the whole thing um, and then when he retired it was just like oh god like yeah, I um, dare I say I actually felt bad for Mercedes. Yeah, even Hamilton was struggling a lot, and uh, I think Massively. he was on to his he was on to his engineer at one point. And he was just like, "Look, do what you can." Essentially, <laughs> yeah, there was no line or code about it. It was just like, "This is not our race." Like, yeah, I mean, he obviously finished in P. He obviously finished in P8, which is not ideal, really, for... Not for Mercedes. Mercedes I think it's funny, because Toto had a quote, I think, either after the race or during it, maybe. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, this is the worst weekend we've had in 13 years, which is just That's not accurate. That's a dramatic accurate. sentence. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure, like, um, I can, like, the first thing that comes to my mind is, uh, was it 2016? Rosberg and Hamilton collide. Oh yeah, both of them. Out. That's definitely yeah. worse. Oh, hundred percent. Um, so it was a very funny comment from him. Toto, I think obviously he had something very specific in his mind. It was like, oh, this is the technically worst race where we haven't had any incidents, or I don't know. But uh, yeah, it, it sounds like such hyperbole. That's hilarious. <laughs> and I mean, they really do need to be on their game because they're currently P two in the constructor standings, but they're only twenty points ahead of Ferrari. So, I feel like, again, like 20 points with two races to go could be nothing, but it also could be if they have two shocking races and Ferrari somehow have two decent races. Like, it's it's getting tight enough, and, like, that's the more exciting battle, really. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Like, 20 points isn't that much for the last two races. No. Um, Especially with the way it's performing, the McLaren, I mean. As you said, McLaren, isn't it? No, Ferrari. Oh, sorry. Oh, mm. oh, they're fine then. Grand. <laughs> they're not going to do anything. Because, like, 20 points, like, so what's that? You need to be coming in P. Both drivers need to be coming in the top five, is it? Yeah, so they, so at minimum, both drivers need to be coming in at P7 and above. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll to actually take that the back minimum. then. Because P7 they're... is six points, so they'd need... P7 both. in the next two races and above. Okay, I think that's quite doable. But then obviously Mercedes, obviously if they score at any point yeah. there or higher, they're going to win because they'll just maintain that. But at the same time, I don't think they're going to have another weekend like this, to be honest. Um, what's Las Vegas left and Abu Vegas Dhabi? And Abu Dhabi, yeah. Yeah. Um, from my memory... I, well, I don't know what Las Vegas is. Is this the first time Las Vegas on the track? Yeah, yeah. this new race. Um, I think I saw the track. track. It looks, it just looks like a square. Yeah, um, horrendous. And I don't think that's going to need much downforce, uh, more than more than usual. Like, so I think they'll have a fair balanced car and they'll be back in their form next week. Um, I could be eating my words, but that's what I'm predicting anyway. Yeah. And, and then for, for Lewis is oh sorry, no go ahead. I was going to say it just to, to go back to the standings for driver standings like Lewis is in P3 at the moment in the driver standings which means he is only 32 points below Sergio now 32 points with two 
races left isn't ideal. You'd basically need to be coming in P2. For next two races. Yeah. And you need Perez to not. DNF. Yeah. yeah. Or not, not DNF, but like, yeah, pretty much DNF. Yeah. Um, so I'd say he's that, feeling the pressure. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that's unheard of. Like, a, no. I could see Perez DNFing for <laughs> the next two races. Um, but Hamilton coming second, I don't know, that's a, a push. It's a bit of a stretch. Yeah. Especially with McLaren at the minute. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think there's a good fight there. I think that could be exciting. I hope Hamilton does come second and Perez DNFs for the next one just to have a bit of a. You know, excitement for Abu Dhabi. Like Abu Dhabi 2021, except it's for P2. <laughs> and it's Perez and Hamilton instead <laughs> yeah, of <exactly>. Max. <laughs> so I guess we'll move on to Williams and Alpine. They also had, from my point of view, a relatively quiet race. Yeah, they did. Obviously, with Albon DNF'd from the first corner. Um, so then it was just up to our boy Logan Sargent. Putting in the good fight to get a point. You love Logan, don't you? I you're, do. You're a Logan fan. I'm a Logan fan and I have no rhyme or reason for it. I just, I think him struggling and failing every week, like really taps into my own personal struggle through life. Like I can relate to it. He's he's the underdog. <laughs> he's he's the every man. <laughs> God. He is all of us, you know. Everyone has a bit of Logan Sargent in them, you know. Oh, Jesus. Uh, I don't know if I necessarily identify with him in that regard, <laughs> but I can kind of get... I will get... say, in the same sentence, he almost got points. He was P11, which I think is very good considering he quali- he finished ahead of Hulkenberg, Ricardo, Piastri. And then obviously the six retired cars. But he was uh, so close to the points. From my point of view, he finished in front of Hulk. I just we yeah. talked about the other two and I just that was they just I got absolutely royally screwed like there's no two ways about that one um, yeah, so for point. him to come in 12th did you say 11th 11th okay he was very close so him come 11th and he just beat Hulk and the rest of the cars were DNF so like <laughs> but he got I, he almost got a point now, I'm he's not going to him down do you know how far behind he was and uh, I could find out for you, no, but I'm fine. not going to. Yeah, like it wasn't a photo finish. Is basically what I'm saying. Like, okay. I don't know no, if he was that close. Think. So I don't. Um, so. He could have been this close. He could have been one position away from the points, but he could also have been 50 seconds away from the points. For all we know. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm a Logan Sargent apologist. Hello, I'm the problem. It's me. I will say again, driver standings wise, obviously he is down below but I just want to point out for Williams so Williams is P7 this year which I think is pretty good for a constructor standing they're doing really well I think they are they have... Albon's obviously carrying it but well in that same breath I was about to say they have 28 points altogether, and, and Logan Sargent has one of those points so boy. it's literally all Alex Albon which is pretty incredible yeah he's had a fantastic season I think he's really shined there at Williams massively yeah, I think that team suits them. Oh, 100%. That was a great investment. And I think, like, you can kind of see the vision now that James Vowles has for Williams. And I think it's genuinely, like, working, which is very exciting because, I mean, we've seen, obviously, relaunch after relaunch of strategies from Williams, which, unfortunately, haven't really worked. So I think this is, like, an exciting new direction for them. Yeah. Even you can see, like... Uh... I think why he's doing so well is like he's comfortable there. You can see in his like 
social yeah. media and stuff he's happy and I think that's given him the confidence to you know actually take charge of the team yeah they're letting him they're letting him take charge and they're kind of embracing his style and his whether that's, that's like on track or off track and I think it's such a breath of fresh air after the kind of crushing atmosphere of that Red he had Bull. in Red Bull yeah mm-hmm. 100% yeah Otherwise, the Alpines, the only thing I have really for Alpine is that their start was a bit gas. So I actually can't remember where they started. Um, but they, I think they might have been like P5 and 6. Or they could have been 8 or 9, I can't remember. But it was, they were basically Ocon qualified just ahead of Gasly. And they had a bit of a scrap like straight off the bat. So um, Ocon was kind of veering to the right and Gasly went to go wide oh, basically yeah. around him. Yeah, and, and Ocon caught him off. And then you can see, obviously there's a lot going on at the race start, but you can see at the back that Gasly then has to veer left and like try go that way. And it's quite a violent veer. And I just thought that was funny because you're like, oh, the girlies are fighting again. Um, <laughs> but I mean, you love to see it. I feel like they've, they're the drivers that have had the most scraps oh, on yeah. track. This season, I know we've seen scraps from other teams as well, like a lot actually. But I feel like for some reason there there's no team orders there for them. Or else we're not seeing them. Well, yeah, I think because they're operating on a a level playing field, as and there's not a number one or number two official driver. But also, like, you have, like, the childhood enemy backstory. Like, you have 25-odd years of, like, resentment, you know? I think they were really good friends at one point, weren't they? Yeah, but then they became enemies. During their karting days, basically, um, Gasly has, like, publicly come out and said that he dislikes Akon quite a lot. Um, Oh, really? Jesus. Yeah, oh, God, yeah. Like, very publicly has said that... um, basically thinks he's he's a dickhead um and which is gas uh so lee gas lee so that was i mean that just goes to show but obviously that's a fairly big statement to make like publicly oh yeah you know I mean? like if you don't like someone but like to say it out loud like in front of their face <laughs> but like i don't like yeah, you in the that's lead, a strong yeah. statement yeah that goes all the way back to their carting days like i think they've always just been frenemies you're smelly Basically, yeah. And I mean, they're both French. You think they'd get on. Yeah. So despite the the scrap, they had a decent enough race. Obviously, there wasn't a lot to comment on, but Gazi finished in P7 ahead of Ocon, who finished in P10 and got that last point. So definitely securing the sixth spot for Alpine in the Constructor Championships. There's absolutely no way they're going to move up or down. I can confidently say that too. I've run the numbers there's no way unless all of the other cars crash. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's a sure bet. We should put that bet on. Make some yeah, money. We should, yeah. Paddy Power. Okay, uh, and then we'll move on to the last team that we have talked about in the grid, which is Aston Martin. Well, we have touched on them already. Both drivers. But, yeah. Uh, they had a very eventful race. They really like intercepted almost every other team's journey. <laughs> I'm like I can remember Alonso's race. I just don't remember Strolls. I don't know if I've kind of like blanketed him out of my mind or what happened there. Well, I remember being like, "Ah, what are you doing up so far? What are you doing so far up the grid?" Because they started P two and three, 
right? And then they had a shocking bad race, like a shocking, shocking race. Now, Very bad start. Three and four. No, n- they were nowhere off the line. And then obviously that allowed Max and Lando to take the opportunity to, to go around them and, and leave them in the dust. But um, yeah, they had, a, they had a bit of a shit start, but then they, they kind of clawed it back. Obviously we've talked about, um, obviously we've talked about Alonso's battle with, Perez and how that was like an incredible like even the pacing and everything and the patience that Alonso had and and like oh my god yeah it was brilliant and his placement of the car so was good. so good I was really impressed um and even I'm pretty sure letting Perez by and the penultimate lap oh, yeah, was strategy and he knew exactly where he needed to because at one or two points you thought that he was backing off, but it was in fact he just knows the fucking track. He knows the car so well. He knew if I yeah. pull back, then I can I can take advantage of like he's just nineteen steps ahead of us all, and it's incredible. Oh, hundred percent. I think like even you can see usually when drivers are defending, they'll if they're getting overtaken, they'll use their battery. I don't think he would. Rechar- no. like, he didn't have time to recharge. He like I think he just was like, yep. Yeah. He knows that I'm going to put up a fight, but I'm not mm. going to. I'm going to let him by. He's going to use his battery. I'm going to come back. Nailed it. It was very good. Massive. Very impressive. Oh, and that, that ending was so good. Photo finish. How often do we get that in Formula 1 these days? Mm. So exciting. Oh, just really interesting. Did you see the photo? I did. Yes. Yeah, that was actually... Do you want to explain that to me? Yeah, because that was really interesting. Because, um, so, uh, I, I had it explained to me, so... I'm not going to say that I understood it. Was it from our good friend. Yeah. Friend of the pod, Nisha. Um, so it was actually really interesting. So it looks like uh, there's a massive gap between them. But what the actual photo is, it's actually a time-lapse photo. Well, it's not time-lapse photo. It's basically a, a whatever, how many milliseconds they have. It's a picture of the actual line for however many milliseconds between them. And they've just basically stacked them horizontally the pictures of the Amazing. line so it actually makes like you can see the cars p- across the line and they've that's crazy yeah but like then you can actually see the the difference in time but the cars are placed at the difference in time and that makes it like but they're really high resolution pictures it's really cool it's actually such a such a cool image that the oh yeah um, massively yeah that's on the f1 uh socials if you're if you're looking for a reference point as well. yeah i was quite confused when i looked at it first but but when you actually see it and you understand what's going on, it's so cool. Mm, like technology even itself to be able to capture that moment when they're going 300 kilometers an hour is, is insane. Yeah, like in my head, I wouldn't be like, oh yeah, you take a photo at the end, like, you know, you see in films and be like, that's really mm. obvious. You know, someone's ahead, they've crossed the line first, end of story. But to go into that detail is probably a bit overkill, but at the same time, I thought it was very, very cool. Very interesting. Yeah. Very cool. That was like, that's definitely a moment where anyone can appreciate it. Like, you don't have to be into more motorsport at all to, to know that that was pretty, that was pretty spectacular. Yeah. And for Stroll, I have nothing to say on Stroll. Again. Neither do I, except he fucking finished in fifth, which threw us all for a he finished in sixth. Oh, sorry. No, yeah, he finished in fifth because Sainz finished yeah. in sixth. Yeah. That's mad. Yeah. Like, literally no notes on Stroll. Like, don't think we saw him for the entirety of the race. I don't think they showed him, to be fair. Which is very rude, because he's been having a shit time. We've Everyone's been dumping on him. We've been dumping on him. But, 
he does well and like no one cares. It's awful. Yep. So in my head, science came fifth. Mm. In my head, science came fourth. <laughs> I'm still a defender of Stroll as well. I'm like collecting all the, the misfits of the grid being like, I love you all. Don't worry. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, go on, Stroll. He's, I don't even know where he is in the driver's standings, to be quite honest with you. I'll tell you now, uh, if anyone else is also interested, like me, he is in 10th. He's only, oh, there's a point between him and Gasly, who's in 11th. You're so excited. Oh. That actually is probably, is that probably the closest. That is exciting. Yeah. Um, I'm literally trying to create any kind of excitement because like Lord knows that we know who's going to win wait, so is Gasly in 11th or is Gasly in 9th Gasly's in 11th yeah. oh yeah so I don't think he's going to I don't think Stroll is going to lose that position to Gasly I'd be very surprised all he needs what? all he needs to do is finish the next two races like the Aston Martin There's is a, a better car between them yeah but the Aston Martin's a better car like he just needs to finish the races but without Gasly's a better driver yeah but it's about the car a point Point, Colin. But Paris, I'll come back. Paris in two in, races time, and Paris is second in the. Paris is second in the driver standings, and he's in the better car. But he's definitely worse driver than a lot of the drivers in the grid. Have you fucking seen Stroll's track record as of recent? That's true. Fair enough. I tell you, yeah, I have nothing. I have nothing to respond like to this that. P five win. We were Sorry, so surprised yeah, by the we fact that we're talking about a P five win for him, or not even a win. We're talking about P five for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the fact that we're talking about the P5 for, for Stroll actually does say a lot. So I, I mm. rescind I rescind my comments. You got me, Gemma. Oh. You got me. I do. Here, here, listen to that, Pierre Gasly. I have your back always. So that is all of our coverage for teams. We obviously have a break next week. And we'll be looking to Las Vegas, which should be interesting. Do we have any thoughts, feelings at this current moment before we go and do a little research on Las Vegas? What's our impression? The track is a square and it's going to be an absolute shit show for media. Yeah. That's literally all I can say. I have no idea what else to expect. No, I've only seen the track yet, which looks shit. And uh, lots of TikToks and people in Las Vegas uh, giving out about... Oh, the, the culture. Ruining the culture. culture. Literally, they're giving out about the railings coming off and like them sealing up the, the fountains and being like, the culture and the life of Las Vegas is being stripped. In fairness, I've Just never been to Las funny. Vegas, so I do kind of feel bad like us making fun of that and being like, oh, like, like for people, actually, there's real people that live in Las Vegas. It's their home, like, so. Oh, 100%. And I'd say it's a pain in the arse. And I'd say it's a pain in the arse for tourists who are coming. And I'd say, like, obviously, it's like the benefits financially outweigh the losses in terms of like lost tourism and stuff like that um but it's just funny to see videos of people complaining about the culture of las vegas when you're like it's literally all man-made like it's a big ass all right so that takes us to the end of the review of the grand prix and now we're going to move on to the race rankings because we remembered this time okay to be perfectly honest, um, I'm just reading my notes. For me, this like it was pretty boring. Um, I haven't seen, I didn't see any. Uh, the last two years before this, where used guys had said it was quite boring, and I watched the highlights. For me, this was a relatively boring race. Um, there was a lot of excitement when there was excitement, but 
that like you could have cut those in the highlights and that would have been it would have made it seem like a way more exciting race than the past two races i guess so it probably is a bit more exciting than i'm giving it credit for so i'd probably still be willing i'd be wanting to put this in around 10 or 11 so in between spa and australia maybe that's my personal opinion but uh, you seem to really enjoy it i did yeah i totally disagree actually and i think there's a there can be an issue sometimes when a race is bookended by drama as it was in this race as in we had a really dramatic first corner and we had a really dramatic last corner and everything else gets lost in between but i thought there were some interesting strategies i thought there were a few little battles a few little scraps i I really hate it when there's no movement up and down the places. Like, there seemed to be a lot of movement going on, and I liked that. And people seemed to be on very different pit stop strategies and different tire strategies, and that was cool. So I personally would put it between Spa and Miami, so just ahead. But I'm happy to put it between Spa and Australia, so... No, no. I like... like They're very similar positions, mm-hmm. so let's just go between... Let's go for between spa and miami excellent okay so congratulations to brazil for breaking the top 10 so we are now in p9 so our top three are singapore austria and spain i kind of wait to see if abu dhabi or las vegas live up to singapore that'll be all from us this week folks thanks for tuning in We'll be taking a break next Thursday, but we'll be back the following Thursday for a review of the Las Vegas Grand Prix. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please be sure to follow on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. It really helps if you leave us a review there, and make sure to tell your friends and family to give us a listen. We're also on Instagram at Did You Watch the Race, all one word. And while you're there, be sure to check out Coley Illustrations, who do all our lovely artwork. So, thanks for listening. I've been Colm. I've been Gemma. And we'll talk to you. In a week. <laughs> we. <Whee. laughs>He didn't know he managed to survive. He drove to Savo. To Savo. He drove to Savo. <laughs>